0: God is good. I feel very uh, excited to bring the word to you this morning. And uh, we concluded uh, um, the conversation that we've had about worshiping in unity and and working in unity together and and warring in unity together. We've at least concluded the immediate conversation about that, but we're not concluding the vision that the Lord has given us for the days that are ahead of us. We're going to uh, walk in those things, and you'll continue to hear Conversations about that, but this morning I just want to bring something to you from the Word of God, and and uh, the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart a, an environment where uh, we just, uh, for the time being, uh, from time to time, go into the New Testament and look at some uh, things that uh, where where folks encountered Jesus, and I want us to encounter Jesus. Can we just do that today? Can we just encounter Jesus together? Uh, we're going to. Look in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. And I'm going to do uh, this a little bit different than uh, we've done in the past. Uh, uh, Done some things in in small groups like this uh, and in in, uh, prayer times like this. But I I just want us to take a minute. We're going to read this passage of scripture entirely. And then I just want to talk to you a little bit about looking into this passage from a different perspective. All right. So uh, Mark 10 and verse 46 through fifty-two very short uh, passage of scripture, let let's uh, y- you follow along, and I will read to you. Now they came to Jericho. Jesus and his entourage. They came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to cry out and say Jesus son of David have mercy on me then many warned him to be quiet but he cried out all the more son of David have mercy on me so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called they called the blind man saying be of good cheer Rise, he's calling you. And uh, throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Kind of obvious, isn't it? No, he said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said, Go your way, your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and follow Jesus on the road. Now listen, I, w- I want us to do something just a little bit different. I want you to take your take a moment now, and I just want you to sit in the presence of the Lord with this passage that we read, and I want you to just put yourself in this story for a minute. As Jesus is walking on the dusty roads and, and uh, you can just probably the smell of dust kicking up and, and and maybe it was a little humid and a little warm that day, whatever. Just, just imagine how that scene might be for you and where you, where you might find yourself if you were on that road on that day. Are you one of the disciples? Do you see yourself following Jesus? Are you uh, sitting alongside the road? Are you, are you an onlooker? Uh, are you in the crowd are you one of the religious elite that followed Jesus kind of from a distance always to see what is happening are you telling that blind guy to be quiet stop yelling you're irritating me right now not to bother the master are you the blind guy desperate for Jesus finding yourself in a place of brokenness and in a place of desperation crying out are you hearing people tell you to be quiet not to bother Jesus just just take a minute and sit in this scene and imagine for a moment the noise and what might be happening around and just just I I want the word that we have read to just kind of settle in you right here. Just settle your word in us, Lord. All right, move ahead. In the present, I, I just want us to go through this now, and I want to just preach to you, teach, teach you, instruct you, encourage you in this passage of Scripture. I was thinking in, in my mind as we were as we were uh, uh, meditating on the Lord for just a moment that that I'm sure that the culture there uh, in their day was not uh, people are people and I and there are some things that just really haven't changed a lot I think through the generations and I think uh, one of the things that probably hasn't changed is that someone that's sitting by the road is probably hot and sweaty and maybe hasn't had a shower for a while and is begging help and, and and there are folks who are coming by who are who are saying be quiet and kind of pushing away and and, and kind of being bothers it, it, this is bothersome to some and to others there's this compassion and there's this moment of we need to help this guy and and all that goes with that i i don't think that moment was uh, was terribly unlike the moments that we're experiencing in our culture right now in these kinds of circumstances what do you do in the moment with someone who has a need That is greater than you have within your ability to supply but I want to ask you something from this passage of Scripture and I want us to just begin to to take some of this apart and and imagine and and allow the Lord to deal with us I want to ask you in the present spiritual climate how desperate are you for God in the present spiritual climate of our life, whether I know that in this room that everyone that I'm talking to, the the spiritual climate that is impacting the the church and impacting the kingdom of God and impacting the world around us is affecting each one of us a little differently because God is so uh, interested in you as an individual and in what you are facing and what is challenging you in this moment. And the Lord is asking you today, what in the present spiritual climate, just how desperate are you? How ready are you for God to do something in your behalf? How ready are you for God to move? Matthew five and six says, "Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." I'm so thankful that the word there doesn't say that they might be filled, that they might get what they need, that that they might see me respond, that they might have me pour. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And the Spirit of the Lord would come to you today in the present spiritual climate of this house and say just how desperate are you for a move of God in your life? How desperate are you for me to remove your blindness? How desperate are you for me to touch your place of need? How desperate are you that you would sit in my presence and hear my voice? How desperate are you that you would have a response from me? How desperate are you that you would come and respond to me so that I can respond to you? How desperate are you? In John chapter 7 and verse 37 through 39 at the feast, Jesus stands up at the conclusion of the feast, and he says, uh, from all indication, very loudly, he said, "If anyone thirsts." I love that. That listen, we sometimes we need to pay attention to the small words in Scripture. If anyone, if anyone thirsts, I think he's talking to you. I think he's talking to me if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said listen to this folks i want you to take hold of this out of his heart or out of his innermost being out of his belly some of the uh, uh, translations say out from, from within the depths of his soul, out of him will flow rivers of living water. And just so that you're not confused about what he's meaning when he says that, just so that we at Living Water are not uh, the least bit filled with any bit of understanding about his intentions. It says in verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But he is telling you through this passage of scripture, church, what I'm talking to you about is something that you've already received and that you already have and it's time for the Spirit of God to begin to overflow out of your life how desperate how ready are you for the flow of the kingdom of God out of you out of your current situation out of your present place are you ready to encounter Jesus in a new way amen amen are you ready to encounter him so i want to ask you some questions from this thought of how desperate are you for him I want to ask you have dire circumstances and years and years of hopeless situations brought you to a place of desperation here's a blind man he's we don't know if he was uh, how long he had been blind or how what his age was or how long he had been sitting by that road the Bible doesn't give us all of those details but we know that he was blind and we know that he was begging and we know that he was desperate and we know that he hears that Jesus is coming by and he has decided that if this can change it's going to change today I wonder how many times we go to prayer and in and, and, and dire circumstances and we're so to the point that if this is going to change, this is going to I'm going to encounter him, he's passing by and this is going to change today. Are you hungry for his presence and for a deeper relationship with God? Or do you simply need his help? are you coming to him because you're hungry for him are you coming to him because you need him to do something for you do you need his help I would venture to say that every single person in this room can touch a place in your life where the help of God is needed in this moment whether that's a physical need or a need in the, pl- in the place of the heart and the soul, or whether that's a need in the place of uh, broken relationships, or whether that's a need in the place of, uh, of monetary circumstances and situations that every single one of you, uh, whether that's a need in terms of those around you who are lost or sick or, or struggling, that there's a place of need that you can touch, but how desperate. How ready are you for God to move? Because I submit to you today that he is ready to move. Are you thirsty for him? Or have undesirable circumstances cost you ca- caused you to thirst for him, to hunger for him? It's interesting to me how God Inevitably, he doesn't throw undesirable circumstances upon our shoulders. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. But oh, when we find ourselves in undesirable circumstances, he is faithful to meet us there. And he will get every mile out of that undesirable circumstance to our betterment and to our strengthening if we will let him. So, have circumstances driven you to a place of desperation, or has just a simple hunger in your heart driven you to a place of desperation? Are you in a place of desperation before Him? I want to ask you does it really matter whether it's just a simple desire for Him or whether circumstances have driven you there? He wants to see you at His feet, He wants to see you in His presence, He wants to hear your cry from the roadside. And if we've been one of those people when someone else is desperate and when someone else is crying out that we've just said, come on, calm your zeal and hush. Now just wait. God, help us to be one of those people that say, don't trouble yourself. The master is calling you. And that you would say within your own heart, I'm not going to trouble myself. I'm not going to be restrained in his presence. The master is calling me. If you don't believe that for yourself, and if you aren't in reading this passage, aren't being moved by that truth, just just listen to it because I said so. Jesus said, believe me for the work's sake, just believe me because of what I'm doing in your midst. And I just want you to believe God for the simple fact that he's been faithful to you in the past. And if he's been faithful to you in the past, he'll be faithful to you in what's ahead of you. So just believe him in this moment. And let the desperation that is needed in the present spiritual climate arise within you. God is looking for your desperate places. want to ask you something else how much do you care what others think we see in this passage circumstances that draws to this conversation how much do you really care what somebody down the row or across the room or in your extended family or in your circle of friends how much do you really care what other people think because that little strand of pride uh, will keep you from from receiving will keep you from hearing the voice of god Will keep you from his presence, will cause you to stand at a distance. How much do you care? Our other followers, listen, there's a whole bunch of followers of Jesus in this moment we read in this passage from all kinds of walks of life and from all kinds of persuasions and, and, and in all kinds of difficult circumstances, are, you, are other followers able to get you to calm down when you're crying out? Are other people around you, followers of Jesus, for one reason or another, able to temper your zeal and calm you down in your season of desperation? Or are you going to push through And continue to be desperate how much do you care what somebody else thinks are people who don't follow him able to intimidate you into being quiet about your zeal and your hunger and your thirst for him oh I I don't want to be inappropriate it's time for the body of Christ to be just a little bit inappropriate It's time for you to get comfortable with what may be inappropriate to the culture around you, because if you fit in the culture, you can't represent Jesus. If you blend in the culture, you can't represent him appropriately. It's time for you to stop worrying about who your zeal might offend, because if it's not offending him, you shouldn't be worried about who else it might be offending. Is what others think greater than your zeal for God? Just think about it for a minute. I just feel the Holy Spirit right now through the body of Christ not just at Church of living water but there is something happening in the body of Christ that is breaking off a spirit of intimidation that the, that the culture has tried to put up on us and that uh, political leaders have tried to uh, impart to us and that others have tried to indoctrinate us with a, a, a sense of timidness that that your spiritual thing is your deal and my spiritual thing is my deal and 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 you should keep quiet about your stuff and I'll keep quiet about my stuff of, but that is not what the Bible tells me. The Bible tells me that if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. And the Bible reminds us of, uh, of uh, the zeal of God consuming us, the house of the Lord consuming us, the purposes and the plans of God consuming us. And are we ready to be consumed by his plans and his purpose and his anointing and his power? Are you ready to be consumed by him? As you sit in his presence and you contemplate this passage today, can you identify what is keeping you from following him? Can you identify what is keeping you restrained? Can you identify what's keeping you proper? Kodra hallelujah thank you Jesus come on I want you to just pray in his presence right now I want you to I want you to submit to him what you've heard and I want you to say Lord I want the zeal of, if I if I'm not zealous for you if I'm not hungry for you if I've been someone that's hushing the hungry, If I've been dampering the flame of the thirsty, if I've been looking from afar off, if I've been easily intimidated, God, I pray that you would do a work in us right now as a body of believers. I'm talking to Church of Living Water, those that you've planted here, those that you are planting here, Lord, that the zeal of your house would consume us. That we would be eager for your presence, eager to worship, eager to labor. eager to break the chains and the lies of others and to have our own chains broken